1: Today's episode is brought to you by Seltzer Mayberg, our newest sponsor, the attorneys at Seltzer Mayberg. You can find them at onecalllegal.com. That's 1 5000 Law. L A W, 1 5000 Law. They handle cases including, but not limited to, car accidents, slip and falls, and traffic tickets with a new 15,000 square foot office on I-95 in North Miami. We work out of that office, actually, and they'll handle cases from all over the state. Call now with 24-7 service for a free consultation. That's onecalllegal.com 1-855-5000-LAW. Welcome to the latest episode of the 5 Reasons Podcast. I'm Ethan Skolnick here with Alf Sidney. Sydney. You know him as Alf954 on Twitter. Before we get to today's episode, which is coming to you live from a room somewhere in American Airlines Arena. We just left the interview room after the Tyler Harrow pick was made. We're going to talk about that here and then we're going to pot again a little bit later after Pat Riley speaks which is usually deep into the night and usually his best material because he's always a little punch drunk after the draft so we're looking forward to that but I do want to make one announcement while we have an opportunity. We made this on Twitter at Five Sports and at Ethan J. Skolnick tonight is that we're converting this podcast which has been sort of a general Miami sports podcast. Uh, Chris Whittingham did great work with me um, for the past year plus uh, but Chris has left the network at this point and uh, we decided to change this podcast into something different, go back to my roots and kind of more my level of expertise than kind of studying up on marlins relievers and dolphins offensive linemen um, and just go back to the heat so this is going to be a heat nba podcast from now on if you're subscribed to us already you can just continue to subscribe and get the new episodes we're going to be going three times a week during the season we'll have episodes during the offseason as well obviously to ton during free agency post draft and also i'll be out at summer league uh, in las vegas from july 5th Until July 10th, we'll be fully credentialed by the team and we'll be providing content for FiveReasonSports.com. also. So I'm getting back to what I've done uh, for most of the last 20 years and just covering the Miami Heat and the NBA. And we are calling it 5 on the Floor. So here's the reason for this. There's three reasons. One has the number 5. We're 5 Reasons Sports Network. We like to keep the number 5. We've got 3 yards per carry. We've got Cinco de Zonas. We've got 5 rings, a Canes thing. So we're going to be 5 on the floor. But there's two other reasons. One is that Pat Riley's always talked about trusting five, right? Ultimately, you trust five. These are our five on the floor, playing on the court. And so we thought it'd be a perfect name in that regard. But also, it's part of the Heat philosophy. Loose ball, five on the floor. Go get the loose ball. And that's something Eric Spoelstra says quite a bit also. So that's what we're going with. And we will be rebranding this. But for the time being, it'll still be the flagship. But over the next month, we'll be changing it. And we'll go from there. All right, so let's get to the pick. Um, and, you know, look, the thing about fans is that they don't know anything. And reporters don't know much more, Alf. Yeah. And so I'm always hesitant on draft night because uh, the Heat fans love the, to- the Harold Miner pick. Mm-hmm. And that didn't work out so well. Love Shabazz Napier. Love Shabazz Napier because they'd seen him play and win a championship. Hated Bam. Hated the Bam pick. Like the Dwayne Wade pick. Um, there was some – look, Dwayne was supposed to go ninth that year. The Heat really wanted Chris Bosch And then, of course, Pat Riley says he didn't, but he kind of wanted Chris Kamen. Um, but well, I was here at the arena that night, and that was a time where a lot of international players – we're getting picked and so Darko was picked second and there were a lot of other international players that were kind of in that draft and so Heat fans were happy about that just because they knew who Dwayne was yeah but it wasn't because they projected Dwayne to be what Dwayne became it was because they knew who he was they loved the Karan Butler pick which turned out to be a good pick because they'd seen him play in college Darrell Wright pick they didn't like because Jameer Nelson was there so you just you just never know man you do you do not know Knicks fans hated the Porzingis pick more than they've hated any pick recently and Porzingis ended up being their best draft pick in the past 15, 20 years. Yeah. So just no way to tell. But let's, let's get to Tyler Harrow and, and what was there and what the Heat didn't take, because that's always been in the context. We talked about, before the draft, you and I did a couple pods. I had Nikaias Duncan on with me. We talked about Ball Ball. We talked about Seku. We talked about Kevin Porter Jr., right? We talked about a little bit about Langford as kind of high upside picks. And then we talked about Brandon Clark as kind of the ultimate safe pick. All five of those guys were on the board at number 13 and they took Tyler Harrow from Kentucky, player that they played very well. Kentucky played very well when he played well, but a shooter, uh, mostly a two-guard, not regarded as a great defender, kind of viewed as a one-position uh, defender, which is kind of problematic, and a guy who really, until the last week or so, was projected to go in the 20s, an NBA draft net. Has his upside at Joe Harris? Now I like Joe Harris. Okay, I covered Joe Harris in Cleveland. He's become a good player, but is this what we thought? The ty- I'm not talking about the player itself. We're gonna play itself. but the decision to go with this type of player here, Alf. How do you feel about it?
2: I think. I mean, we talked about the fact that this is. We wanted the Heat to do something uh, to kind of swing for the fences a little bit, and this is almost the exact opposite of that. It's a, and I don't even know if it's a safe pick. Mm -hmm. right because you're talking about another smallest guard right uh we shed tyler last year um uh ellington ellington magruder magruder we had a lot of these smallest guys not i mean uh not long um just were very limited defensively i mean magruder was a dog he got after it but i mean there's a lot of times guys just rose up and shot over him now harrow is 6'6 but he has a small wingspan right he's also
1: 6'4 without shoes they, so that, thats what he clocked okay, in. At. So he's
2: really six four. He's like—he's like Dion Waiter size, mm-hmm. or, or, about that, uh, right about there. So when you look at what the Heat needed, do they need three point shooting? Yes. This guy shot thirty five percent from college three. That's not—you know—you're not looking. You're not thinking Clay Thompson when you hear those numbers. Um, did they need a guy who can create for himself? Yes. Does this guy look like he can create for himself in the NBA? I don't think so. But at the same time, like like you said, none of us really know anything. But just looking at the pick itself, it's it's underwhelming. Mm-hmm. If, if if that's the one word I could I'd take from it, the I know the, the the fans out here in the arena, the those of us in the media room, everyone was really just underwhelmed by the pick, surprised and underwhelmed. So I, you know, listen, they the Heat worked this guy out. We did mm-hmm right right the heat worked all these guys out we didn't right Mm -hmm. the heat worked bam out we didn't so I want to trust that this was the best pick for them because you also see that some of these guys we're talking about
1: are still dropping I mean uh, now now Clark and um well he might have been picked by now I but we were we were in there for about 15 20 minutes after the pick because we were waiting on Tyler Harrow and now we've stepped out here so because we wanted to devote attention to the podcast, there may be some things happening here we're not paying attention to. But we did get to about twenty-one, twenty-two, before we came out here. Clark was still on the board. Bull Bull was still on the board. Kevin Porter Kevin Jr. was still on the board. So it, it, it's
2: not just the Heat that didn't believe in these guys. Right. It's so other at that point, if just because we looked at them and said that these guys are, are right in the Heat's range and that's who they're going for, we don't know what the Heat's thinking was. Right. Maybe the Heat's thinking was P.J. Washington after P.J. Washington – None of these guys uh, really are intrigued them, so let's go for the safe, solid pick. And that's what they determined Tyler Harrell being. Right. We just don't know. So I think fans get – everyone gets all apoplectic about this stuff, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's It takes three to four years to judge a draft.
1: Right. Well, I don't know if it takes that long. I, I think in the NBA these days, even though guys are coming out so young, the league is so young, that I do think within a couple of years you kind of know if you have a got – look – Phoenix knew with Devin Booker right away that they had a guy. And Devin Booker, there's a similarity here to the story. I mean, Devin Booker was not the first option at Kentucky. He wasn't even like the third option on that team. And comes out and look what he's doing in the pros. Now, we can talk about his defense and talk, say, you know, joke just is better. But the reality is Devin Booker just got a massive, massive contract. I don't know if this guy is, is Devin Booker. I'm not sure what he is. I, I think, you know, and again, it's not about the player so much. To me, it's about the, the, the thinking. And the thinking may have been maybe it was Washington, maybe there was somebody else that they thought was going to slip. Maybe, you know, they were hoping Cam Reddish was, I don't know. I didn't think he was going to slip all the way to 13. But maybe there was somebody they really liked. But I think the point you made in the press room was this. And we'll see if they're right. They obviously looked at the high, What we projected is the higher upside guys, Seiku in particular. Okay, who kind of came up as the favorite of Heat fans once he was there. Uh, so maybe Seku, maybe a KP, KPG who uh, KPJ, who may still be slipping as we're speaking here. Um, you know, and, and a bull, bull. Who I don't think they have a positional need for him. Um, but they may have looked at them and just said, I don't see star potential. And if, and that's what you were saying in the press room. Now, if they didn't see star potential, we'll see if they're right. But a lot of people didn't see star potential with Giannis. Either they didn't see star potential with Kawhi either. Kawhi was a bad shooter in college, sure. remember? But he was a worker and you knew he would turn into something. My whole thing about this draft has been if you look at a player and say, best case scenario, everything breaks right right system, right coach, okay, right teammates what can this guy be? And I guess Tyler Harrow, just based on the track record of what he had not a long track record right played at a big time school obviously you look at it though and you say okay is this a guy you project to potentially be as an all-star if all breaks right and I think the initial reaction and why it was 70 to 75 percent negative from fans was no and we need that and the other conversation we had in the press room is the Heat's best player whoever you think it is okay whether it's Dragic I I don't know if it is at this stage of his career whether it's going to be Bam this year whether it's Justice whether it's Josh okay those are your four options the Heat's best player would not be the best player on virtually any other team in the league right now. Even if you're to say the Knicks, well, the Knicks are probably going to get somebody in free agency who's better, and they just drafted a guy on R.J. Barrett who might be better, right? So you're saying, but yeah. Memphis. So Memphis. The only, say,
2: the only teams that are even in contention right now are Memphis and New and York. And the Knicks. Because you, you don't know what those rookies are going to be. But they are projected to be better than anybody on the Heat's roster.
3: Dot com. And check out Noom's first-ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. So
1: right, right, and the other 27 teams, I mean, it doesn't take, it doesn't take you long. And, and in some of the teams, it doesn't take you long to get to three, right? Like, and, and that was one, I mean, look, Philadelphia this year got bounced in the second round, and they had four. But okay, so
2: let's let's look at his best case scenario, right? Cuz a lot of times what in what we do in these situations, we go negative first. So mm-hmm. let's look at positive. Positive if he is an NBA three-point shooter, right? Mm-hmm. He shoots 95% from the line, That right?
1: th- that projects well.
2: obviously. He, uh, they uh, they're But say, is he
1: going to get to the line they're saying, That's the they're thing? They're saying
2: that he can be a three-level scorer. Okay. I don't see it, but you know, if if he can, if he's someone who can hit a three, a hit from mid-range, if he gets to the line, be automatic, right? How does he project in the Heat lineup? Is he the kind of guy that can play? Let's say Justice has a ball in his hand more next year, mm-hmm. which he should. Off of a pick and roll, if there's a guy like that spotting up in the corner that has to be respected, is that, is, is, is that going to... Um, Is that going? Maybe he's not a star. Doesn't have the star potential.
1: But will he make? Will he make? I'm going to use this. I hate to use it. Will he make justice better?
2: (laughs) But is the fit right? If you're looking, because the thing is, we did what we didn't want to see. We didn't want to see them go for fit. But maybe the fit is right. Maybe they're looking at it and saying, we have got, we have justice, we have Josh, we have Bam, who who hopefully they're going to trust to create a little bit more next year. So you have three. He's got to play play 32 minutes. So you have three guys in your starting lineup that can create. That you're hoping can create consistently. Mm -hmm. So what do you need? You lost
1: Ellington. Mm -hmm. Uh, Dion is inconsistent from three. Mm -hmm. Uh, You have Lennox not getting enough opportunities to really make it worth it. uh,
2: You have Duncan Robinson, um, who who can't stay on the court for Mm -hmm. for long stretches. Right. So maybe what they're maybe they're
1: thinking is, you know what, we need to replace Ellington. But right, but but the problem, right? But the problem with that thinking, from fans' perspective, is that you just valued Wayne Ellington so little that you threw him in to dump Tyler Johnson and got nothing for him. Two, and he and while you knew and Spo admitted this that you knew he you were probably helping him get to Detroit, a team that beat you out for a playoff spot. Yeah. So like, and another guy who there's a comparison here, and I want to address before we go the whole white black thing here because that's playing into this. And you and I, you you host a podcast called Light Skin Opinions. We should touch on this. But my whole thing on that is, so Tyler Johnson, like this is discount Tyler in terms of the price, like I th- is how a lot of fans are viewing this because a lot of the things we're talking about with this kid are things we said about Tyler. I'm reading some of the prospect reviews of him, and they're saying he's kind of sneaky athletic. All right? We hear that about white guys all the time, oh, right? Sneaky know. athletic. OK, but also, you know, that Tyler was a, – became a plus three-point shooter. He was not necessarily when he first broke in. He, he bombed at the Portsmouth camp, and obviously, you know, he developed into that scrappy – we hear that all the time, right, with mm-hmm. white players. Like that's that's one of the stereotypes also, but but that's the thing like I think for a lot of fans it's like uh, and and small short arms right this kid has short arms Tyler had short arms Rodney Magruder, you know played above where he was but side, again
2: the size thing bothers me the most out of right. everything because this this league has become about long athletic wings and you went with on a lottery pick you went for a short right. arm uh, two level maybe three level shooter. Who probably can't defend more than two positions?
1: How how long has JJ Reddick uh, is one of the, the most under? I think mean, he's been a very underrated defender for a long time. I think I, yeah, I think I, he, is a really good player. But I, I don't know. Are his arms short? Are they too? His, short? Arm, I,
2: his arms are short, but he's strong. Right. That's the thing with JJ Reddick. He's strong. He's quick. He can stay in front of you. He's uh, deceptively athletic. <laughs> right. Well, <laughs> well, let, well let,
1: let's address that before we go here. Well, are, are we I was gonna, thinking.
2: Wait, in, I was thinking in the media room. I was. Say, I, was I was thinking. You know, if his. Upside, if it's seeming as J.J. Redick, is it a bad pick?
1: No, it's not. But but what, but but J.J. Reddick, and let's just acknowledge this: J.J. Reddick is an anomaly. JJ Reddick is a guy who came out again, another big school, played a lot more. I mean, JJ Reddick was a big star at Duke for a long Huge time. Huge star. Huge star. But JJ Reddick came out. He had a little arrogance to him. This kid seems to have a little arrogance. The suit sort of plays to that, right? Even the way he spoke to us, I think. There's, it's healthy arrogance. I don't have a problem with yeah. it. But it's healthy arrogance. Confidence. Confidence, right. JJ had a little of that, had some swagger, had some intelligence, okay, and all that. But when JJ came out, people thought he was going to be a bust because could he defend well enough? And again, let's get back to the stereotype here. I feel like some of the negativity on this pick is simply because <laughs> Tyler Harrow is white. Because there is because everything you're hearing, and I just did it myself, he's Tyler Johnson. He's uh okay they just they just they just drafted Duncan Robinson okay? Joe, Joe Harris JJ Joe Harris. Joe Harris Nick Stauskas he got compared to I him. did do, I compared him
2: to Wayne Ellington or at least
1: right, right at least we at threw, least. we threw in Wayne <laughs> but but I, I do think that that happens and I think we need to stay away from that because I mean there are you know traditional people you think as white players don't play look Jason Williams Okay, who played here and won a championship here didn 't play like your stereotypical white player okay Not at all. part of that was his upbringing okay and and sort of and everything that was about him, but he didn 't play like that uh, and, and so I think we need to get out of that a little bit, but I do think the sh- I think the other the other physical attributes the short arms okay is is worrisome a little bit and and the other thing and I know Nikias has touched on this and we 'll finish here. The other thing about it is that if you take if you take a look at at where you know they are in terms of the defense, if he's a one if he can only guard one guy, yeah, and you're looking at a league where so much is switched, right? Like the Heat, it drove Heat fans crazy last year. They played so much damn zone. Like, are they going to have to play zone with Tyler Harrow on the court? Are, are they, so, if you drafted a guy at
2: number thirteen, see, here's my. Like I, I, so I did give you. I gave you the positive side, right, right. But if you drafted another a guy at thirteen to be an Ellington replacement or a Magruder replacement, um, <laughs> that's not a good look. No, you know, no. It's 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 and if he and if you're gonna have to hide your lottery pick on defense. That's not a good look. But we talked to him today, and he said the thing that's progressed mostly about him at Kentucky was his defense. And it's not
1: just him saying that. That The reason I asked that question of him is because that is what the reports are. And, again, I didn't see enough of him this year. I saw him maybe four or five times. I didn't see enough of him, so it's hard to really say. But I, I just think I, – I think the natural reaction on this is – all the first reaction, and a lot of it's stereotype. Pat went for a Kentucky guy. Okay? Yeah. Which, well, I, which which they do. They go for Kentucky. They go for Duke. They go for Tennessee. They don't – they did the Muricep thing. They did the Danilovich thing. They did – they went outside the box. It didn't work out, okay? And so they just play this safe thing and get the guy that they've well, let's, seen. Let's go, seen back to let's
2: go back to the white guy thing, all right? <laughs> I, I don't – and I understand. It's hard not to do it, right? And yeah. I know we do. We do it with wide receivers in the NFL. Mm-hmm. We, every time, right? But when you watch the, the, the quick 30-second clip yeah. – It was that pump fake from the three-point line. Mm -hmm. The athleticism didn't jump off the screen. He got into the lane and made a layup. And it's like, you you think in your head, well, that was sneaky. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Right. (laughs) It 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 wasn't athleticism. He didn't dunk from the dotted line. Like, he pump faked
1: uh, very uh,
2: fundamentally. (laughs) <laughs> Got it to the lane and put it up off the Fundamentally glass.
1: Fundamentally sounds scrappy, <laughs> scrappy performer. Jim Rat high Jim Rat hi Jim Rat was used here, <laughs> of okay. It was. Okay, and, and high <laughs> high basketball IQ. We're gonna hear that too, right? Listen, high man, basketball IQ. That
2: that suit that suit sets him apart, man. That suit sets him apart. <laughs> that, or that suit says he's trying too damn hard. <laughs> no, the, the best one is I there's a there's a
1: picture of him on Instagram with a wave cap on. And I said, listen, I might be coming around on this kid. Uh, you might be. But that was Jay Will, though. J. Will, look, uh, Jay Will was not stereotyping. Anyway, my funny, the funny thing about Jay Will was they got him here, and my whole concern when they traded for him was he was going to be Sacramento Jay Will, throwing the ball all over the place. And they got him here, and they could not get him to play free. Yeah. Like, he, he went totally the other direction where he became, like, walk the ball up point guard. And it was like, wait, what the hell? What the hell happened to white chocolate? He totally disappeared, but they did win a championship. All right, we'll be back later in the night, very late in the night. So I don't know when that one's going to post. Um, when Pat Riley comes out and explains the pick, the Heat, as we speak, still have a second round pick, which they bought. We don't know if they're keeping it. Um, if you're wondering about some of the sound issues, we are going to clean those up as we go forward. We've been in some transition, and I'm not very good technically. But hopefully the content is good, and we'll be back with you soon want to tell you about one of our great long term partners that's Doral Toyota and like us at Five Reasons, they're Pure South Florida. You can find all of your favorite Toyota models whether you're looking for a new, used, or certified pre-owned vehicle. Doral Toyota is located at 9775 Northwest 12th Street. That's 9775 Northwest 12th Street, just a few blocks from International and Dolphin Malls. Experience the Doral difference, which means four years of complimentary maintenance and roadside assistance on all new vehicles, in-house financing available for credit-related issues. If you mention five reasons when you call 305-680-1129, that's 305-680-1129, or come into the dealership, you work with a dedicated manager, not a salesperson. Unlike other dealers, Dural Toyota prides itself in an honest and transparent buying process. That's Doral Toyota, Duraltoyota.com, or stop in at 9775 Northwest 12th Street. Vamos, let's go. Another great sponsor of the Five Reasons Sports Network is ShipYourCarNow.com, that's ShipYourCarNow.com. These guys can move any car, any boat, any RV, any motorcycle, or any kind of equipment anywhere you need to move it. Worldwide. You have a business and you need to ship freight or machinery, call them. College moves, new car, used car, buying the toy you've looked at for a while, make sure you call them. These guys can ship it all. Give them a call or visit shipyourcarnow.com backslash five reasons. That's shipyourcarnow.com backslash five reasons. Make sure to mention five reasons on the phone if you call. There's no job too big or too small. Ship your car now moves it all.
4: Thank you for listening to the Fire window podcast. Thank you so much. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient.